Hello, this is a Jay the Shark and friends and Russell mm, and Russell podcast. And on today's show, we're talking to Russell's very own fitness guru and online trainer, the Rob Morgan. Originally from Wales, insert a variety of jokes here. Thank you. Rob has been on an amazing journey to get to Phuket, spending time in the British Armed Forces and then becoming a fitness guru in London before packing it all up and coming over to Phuket where he met, stroke stalked his now wife and has become one of the most sought after personal trainers on the island. Now ladies, or men for that matter, because I'm not sexist, during the lockdown, if you need to wash your clothes, hmm, you could have just used Rob's washboard. <laughs> it's lovely. Anyway, enjoy the show. Hello, Rob. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Jay. Doing really well. Where are you? I am in uh, Adelaide in South Australia. A little place called Port Norlunga. Come and, again. And how are you over there? How, how's it all the, the craziness? Is it the same craziness as there is here or is it a little bit different? Um, it's not quite as, uh, as militant, I don't think, from what I've been reading uh, on, some of the, on some of the sites online. Um, I think... Uh, Australia's done a pretty good job of controlling things so there is a lot of isolation there is a lot of social distancing uh, most of the businesses are closed you know restaurants bars clubs all that sort of stuff all the gyms are closed um, but people have generally done a pretty good job of listening over the last kind of two or three weeks um, and the, the cases seem to be dropping a little bit um, but yeah it's it's still a little strange times um, yeah. but uh, I think there's a little bit more kind of freedom here than there is in Phuket from what I've heard with all the all the provinces getting closed down and checkpoints at every roundabout and whatever else you've got going on and I think there's an alcohol ban, right? So yeah. um, luckily the bottle shops are still open down here in Australia. Well, you'd, you'd like to think if the, the number one thing you need to survive this particular lockdown would be alcohol, right? So, I mean, yeah. yeah. But in the infinite wisdom of the powers that be here, they have decided otherwise. So we shall see. Anywho, over to you, Jay. Well, um, yeah. Um, blah, blah, blah. Rob, blah, blah, blah. you're in Australia right now, but generally you are living in Phuket. Now, obviously, um, when did you first get to Phuket? Um, I first moved to Phuket to live in uh, the end of 2014, uh, December 2014. That's when I kind of moved there uh, permanently. Although it wasn't really permanently. It was kind of give it a few months, three months, six months and see how it goes. And then I kind of, uh, I never looked back. Why did you come here? What was the, what was the reason you decided to come to Phuket? Um... It's, it's just one of those places, I've done a lot of traveling, I've traveled um, to probably about 50 or 60 countries or maybe more, um, but Phuket's the place that I kept coming back to, um, and it's kind of hard to describe I guess, but it just, it just gives me that kind of sense of calm and, and the simplicity of life and the people and you know, just how laid back and chilled, chilled out it is, it's just really 
suits my character, I think. Um, and then I, I, I was a little bit into Muay Thai and obviously my background being a fitness trainer. Um, I kind of used to come to Phuket quite frequently to do, uh, well, initially it was just on, on lads' holidays, but then I used to come up, come up myself, did a bit of traveling on my own, did a bit of backpacking, and I came and did some fitness holidays myself. Um, and then in 2013, I came out, uh, or I went out to Phuket, and then um, <laughs> um, one of the, the a new, a new. I was about to make a very silly joke about you coming out, but that was very childish, and I won't even. <laughs> okay, I didn't, I didn't click on. I should have yeah. been aware. <laughs> um, yeah, so I came. I came out. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, 2013, I came out on a, on a training holiday for about three or four weeks uh, and met up with some guys who had just started a new gym, a strength and conditioning gym, kind of stayed in touch with them. Uh, I had a small PT business in London at the time and I'd spent a couple of years there building up the business and, and that type of thing. So it wasn't really my intention to move to Phuket, um, but the guys that I met kind of reached out and said, you know, we're looking for a... A new coach. We're expanding. The gym's doing really well. Uh, we think you'd be a really good fit. Is this something you're interested in? So it wasn't wasn't as if I was looking to move. Um, I just kind of got given the opportunity um, and thought about it for a couple of days, and then I decided, yeah, why not? Let's let's do it. Um, it was it was quite a big decision. Yeah, massive. So, uh, where were you from? So this because you've got the, you obviously got a, a strong accent. So where, where did, where were you from? Where did you grow up? What was the kind of? Let's go right back. So originally, I'm from uh, Swansea in South Wales. Um, that's where I grew up. That's where my family is. That's 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 where I call home. Um, but actually, I actually left first time I left there. Um, I was 16. I joined the army uh, two weeks after my 16th birthday. So. Uh, finished school in uh, like July. It was my birthday in August, and then September I was I was joining joining the army. Um, so I kind of um, I guess I, I flew the nest or fled the nest at, at quite a young age, and um, that took me you know onto my army career. I was in the army for eight years, um, going back and forth to Wales, you know, on on leave and on holidays and stuff like that. But ne never really lived there since. With, what were you um, doing in the army? Sorry, yeah, yeah, that was my Russell. My question: um, what, 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 <laughs> what department? I don't know what the right term is. What department of the army did you go into? Yeah, so I was I was uh, a signaller. I was in communications, um, and I was kind of part of the deal uh, with my dad because obviously, being such a young young kid, my mum and dad didn't really didn't particularly want me to to be joining the army. I was quite a keen kind of. A uh, young kid who wanted to join the infantry, but my dad said, "You know, the only way that they signed the paperwork because I was so young, they said the only way that they'd let me go is if I did something that would give me uh, a trade." And obviously, this is this is in 1999, so at the time, telecoms is just starting to grow and boom, and and, and that was decided that I'd go into the communications field because then it would give me something to fall back on. Um, if I didn't stick it out in the army or if I did decide to come out, then it would give me something um, to kind of pursue other than just being a, a soldier. But even at that point, you you had a natural desire to join frontline infantry and go off and, and, and do all of that, right? 
Was that the was that in your your mindset? Yeah, I from a young age, I don't know what it was. I'd always I wanted to join the army from the age of about ten or eleven, and then when I got to I think I was I was twelve, I joined um, the army cadets. So yeah. one of my mum's very good friends, her son had joined the army, um, and he'd been through cadets and all that sort of stuff. Um, so she kind of advised, you know, tell him to have, give this a try and see if he likes it. Um, and again, I joined, I was, I think he's supposed to be 13. I joined when I was 12 um, mm-hmm. and then absolutely loved it. Got on really well, you know, um, spent about three or four years in the army cadet. So I was, I was kind of ready and I, I, I kind of knew a little bit about the culture and what the army was and, and stuff from, from, from then. So when I was, when I was 13 and 14, I was going up to the hills in Brecon you know, cammed up in my greens and, 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 you know, rifle, all sorts. So, yeah, I just, I just loved it. Excellent. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've done some hiking in the Brackens, but not, not in the military sense. <laughs> yeah. Where are you, because um, you, 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 you're obviously, you're now a, a beautiful fitness uh, professional. Were, was, it, yeah. was it joining the army that, that we, was that the training part? Where did the fitness come in? Because you did eight years in the army, so was the, were you doing fitness? Obviously, you got to be fit to be in the army. But was that when the passion for the fitness came through? Yeah, that was that was that was part of it, I guess. Obviously, from from being sixteen and, and throwing in and straight away into basic training, you need to kind of maintain a, a good level of fitness, and you know, you're, you're, there's mandatory uh, PT four or five times a week. Um, so it just kind of becomes second nature to you. So there's a requirement to maintain a pretty good level of fitness um and then i think um when i got to about 19 or 20 that's when i got a little bit more into the kind of um the the weights and and strength and conditioning and and that kind of side of it and that's where my interest kind of grew um then and it's just something that i always pursued um and yeah just something i really enjoyed and i was passionate about and when i well I, I spent eight years in the army, but then I spent another three years um, as a as a military contractor working out in the Middle East in in Afghanistan. Um, and when I decided to kind of wrap that up, I decided that fitness was the the thing, the the fire that was burning inside of me that would give me the kind of passion. Um, so that's when I decided I want to pursue it. When I was working in Afghanistan, I was kind of, you know. The reason I was there essentially was was all all kind of down to money. It was pretty well paid. Uh, it was tax free. We weren't spending any money, so everything was getting banked. Um, but that essentially wasn't, you know, kind of a driving force for me. So you know, fitness, helping people, um, and and just going down that avenue is is what I decided to kind of pursue when I when I wrapped all that up. What were you doing in, what was the Afghanistan, the, 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 the contractor, what was you actually contracted to do? Because in my mind, you're, you're dressed up and running around, uh, you know, doing what contractors do, killing people and, and stuff. And I know that's a stupid thing to say, but what was you, what was the contract? What was you actually doing? Yeah, I wasn't quite a mercenary, um, running around <laughs> killing people. <laughs> but um, essentially, uh, communications was my kind of speciality. So when I went back out, um, essentially, uh, well, not within the military, but within the kind of the, the Ministry of Defence and, and NATO, um, there's a requirement for some kind of uh, regularity. Obviously, that the troops are switching out every kind of four to six months, so there's there's kind of 
civilian companies that stay out there permanently to, to have an element of um, uh, consistency on, on, on the ground. So we were, um, our role was to, to help uh, set up and provide communication links uh, that the military would, would then use. Um, okay. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't kind of frontline stuff. Uh, it wasn't like a, a security bodyguard kind of job running around with the troops, but you know, we would basically set up um, satellite links and radio links and, and then we'd maintain them and go out and we'd repair them and, and all that kind of stuff. Cool. So you spent eight years in the army, three years doing the private contracting. So yeah, and then, and then from from where where did you end up after Afghanistan? What where, where did you land next? So after I finished up in Afghanistan, uh, while I was out in Afghanistan, I was I was slowly starting to build up all my kind of um, qualifications for fitness, and I was on my leave. I would go away and do a kettlebell course or a TRX course, and I, I'd kind of started to build up all my kind of credentials. Um, qualified as a as a trainer, and then I'd go and do my exams when I got back, and all this kind of stuff. So I kind of got to a point where I was I was kind of fully qualified. Um, obviously, doing the job that I was doing uh, and training, um, training, uh, you know, physical physical fitness with with all the guys I was working with and that kind of stuff. Um, I decided. Going back to Wales, uh, particularly you know where I'm from, I come from a small well, not a small town just outside Swansea. Um, the opportunity there for 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 a personal trainer like eight years ago, seven eight years ago, was 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 pretty small. Um, yeah. So I decided that I wanted to go to London, obviously the capital. Um, that's where the, I you know I had a more of an opportunity to, to kind of cut my teeth, probably earn a little bit more money, um, and have a little bit of of success with it as well. Um, so well, initially, when I went, went to look, sorry, yeah. Uh, how old are you, if I may ask? I'm 36. Oh, same as me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> so the, you went to the big smoke in, in, in London, and, and was that, did you know anybody in London, or did you just go, right, that's where, the, that's where people have got cash, they're gonna, they want to be trained, that's where kind of their monopolies is, so that's where you're going to go. So what was your, just go there? Pretty much, yeah. Um, I, did, I, did, I, I had a couple of friends that, that, were, that had lived in London from, from, from school and stuff like that, um, and then I had one guy in particular um, that I knew that we were, um, he was working um, as, a, as a kind of, uh, like a communications engineer for the London Stock Exchange. Um, so he got me, uh, I kind of ended up getting a, a role there. Uh, and the idea was that I would do that. And then concurrently, I would slowly start to build up. Oh, how lovely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just to let you know, listen, I've just turned on, the, I've got some fairy lights behind me in my bedroom where I record this. And I've just put them on because I just felt, I thought it was time to put some fairy lights on. Yeah, set the ambiance. Yeah, matches my T-shirt. I'm just gonna say it matches the shirt as well. <laughs> yeah, I've got a nipple on my shirt somewhere. I think not my nipple, but there's actually a, a, a lady's nipple. I think it's covered up. Yeah. <laughs> we seem to have segued. Oh, no. Sorry, yeah. I went off the fairy lights. So you're back in. You're in London communications and and doing the PT stuff. Now, can I just ask, Rob, when did you first get a six pack? 
um, probably, probably, yeah, probably when, probably when I was born, when I came out of the womb, I reckon. Yeah, probably. Standard <laughs> 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 issue is when I was born like this, you know. See you coming and that's out. the end of this podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in once again. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, so you're in London, and this is where. So with your, you've done all your the the, the qualifications and the training and stuff. So, and the, you, were you trying to do PT stuff on the side? Are you going to? Because the people that I know, yeah, that, that was the idea. Yeah. Um, obviously, I needed to build up uh, number one my experience. Uh, number two, a reputation and, and some contacts and some networks. Because obviously, to go and live in London, it's it's not cheap. So to, to pay rent and, and, and get by and to just go and you know try and find clients um, would have been quite difficult. So the idea was I went um, into this role and then concurrently I was kind of slowly building up um, the PT side of it. And I actually started. Um, I actually started doing military boot camps uh, in the parks in London. Um, outside work um, so I did that um, again just to get a bit more experience and to kind of get a bit, a bit of exposure uh, and, and the rest of it and then about six months after I moved there I was living in, uh, in, in Wimbledon in southwest London um, and then I just decided sort of I've, I've been here long enough now I'm just going to kind of throw everything in and, and kind of just just start uh, yeah start growing the business so just set yourself up on your own as an individual trainer, as a, your own company. Yeah, like a, fr- a freelance, a freelance uh, personal trainer. Okay. Did you have a facility and lots of equipment, or was it more just like I know from, from like the, the training that we do is a lot of it can be quite simple with body weight exercises and so forth. So how did you cross that sort of bridge? Yeah, um, my kind of my whole philosophy, and when, when I first started as, as a trainer, and it, it kind of developed from my, my time in Afghanistan in terms of the, the simplicity of it. So the, the, the brand is, is keep it simple fitness. Um, so the idea is, regardless of you know what you've got available or where you are, there's always a way to to, to make it work. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I wanted to kind of to, to kind of drive home. Um, but then I did a kind of I did a bit of a mixture. I did continue doing some outdoor stuff in some of the in some of the parks in London in the summer. Um, but then mainly I was based in um, uh, a, a gym called Gym Box in in uh, Shepherd's Bush. Um, and again, I went in there as a kind of uh, a, a newbie uh, trainer without any experience. Um, is one of the, the biggest, most popular gyms with some some really good trainers, um, and that's kind of why I went in there. I thought, right, this is this is a place to kind of cut my teeth and, and prove that I've uh, I've got what it takes um, to to make a success. So the majority of my work was there, but then I did some freelance stuff in the parks and and people's homes and stuff like that as well. So and and how long were you in London for? Uh, I think it was about two years, two years by the time I left. And at this and point, you, so, and from London, you ended up in Phuket, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So prior, prior to you being sort of landing here based, I think it's 2014, had you travelled here before anyway? Yeah, like I said, so I, I, I think I first came to Phuket, uh, I first came to Thailand, first came to Thailand after a tour of Iraq in, in 2004, um, so quite a long time ago, but didn't come to Phuket on that trip. Uh, I think the first time I came to Phuket was 2007, um, 
on like around the world, me and my mate did like around the world, six month tour of Asia and Australia and New Zealand and all that kind of stuff. And then came back, I think 2010, 2011, 2013. So I've probably been there like five or six times um, by this point. Cool. Okay, those. And so yeah. I, I suppose, go ahead, Jay. Oh no, I was going to ask. Now, obviously, um, I, I, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here. When did you meet Jess? So that's exactly what I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump straight to the good stuff, is it, boys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where is she? Out the way. Oh, done. <laughs> Let me see Jess. <laughs> She's in the bedroom. Yeah. yeah. You've done and, that. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we met in 2017. Uh, so pretty much, pretty much three years ago this month. Okay. Yeah. And you met here in yeah. Phuket? We met in Phuket, yeah. So I'd been there 2014, or end of 2014, so I'd been there like kind of two and a half years. I think she'd been there about a year less than me, so she'd been there about 18 months. And then, yeah, we met in uh, April 2017. So, so where did you meet? How did all that come about? Uh, we, <laughs> well, you might have heard this story, Russ, if you hadn't bugged out early in the wedding. Yeah. Yeah, so um we met on Instagram, believe it or not. Um no, yeah, no, she, kind of, she kind of started following me and started liking a few of my photos and then uh you know started kind of reacting to some of my stories and kept sending me all these messages and and kind of pursuing me to kind of take her out and all this kind of stuff. Well, so she stalked you, basically. Are you saying that she stalked you? You didn't stalk her? Yeah, yeah, but okay, in, in reverse, in reverse, it was the other way around. It was, it was me, it was me that was doing, doing the stalking. There you go. <laughs> so for those of you that know, um, Jess is a friend of uh, Russell and mine, and also is now Rob's uh, beautiful wife. And you've got a little, a little bubby on the way, but we'll talk about the bubby yeah. a bit later. So just to go back to the story about, so Russell, what, what's this about the wedding, please? Thank you. Go Russell, ahead. Ru Russell was actually uh, the celebrant at our wedding, his little, his little side hustle. So yeah. Russell actually <laughs> married us. Yeah. Um, and uh, as well as, as, well, as uh, doing the, the, the celebrant, he also um, was, was supposed to be doing the MC in. But about 10 minutes before the ceremony, he decided to tell us that uh, he couldn't do it because he had an emergency with the dogs, I think. So, yeah, uh, yeah one, of my, one of my mates had to step up, up as, a, as, a, as a last man. Yeah. <laughs> well, it still worked out in the end. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, so, when you, so, Jess and, so you, Jess was stalking you. You were stalking Jess. And, um, I was stalking Jess, yeah. At that time, you were doing personal training down south of Phuket. Yeah, I was down in uh, Rawai at the time. Yeah, I'd actually um, I just started um, a fitness escape business. I started that in March 2017. We just met uh, the following month, so I just started that, um, which was essentially a, a kind of personal fitness escape. So I had a, a big villa down in Rawai. Um, and a little team of staff um, and people would come out uh, and stay for 
two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, two months um, to try and create to create some transformation uh, within their lives. So um, I kind of well, set that up in March. That, that, that sounds like a cult, not a training facility. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no cult. Um, yeah, kind of just just people that needed to kind of get away. Obviously, you boys both living in Phuket know it's it's kind of got that aura about it. It's a good place for people to kind of escape to and forget all the, the stuff that they're dealing with or not forget all the stuff, that, but, but kind of put it on the back burner. Um, and yeah, you know, people that were looking to kind of lose weight or to just try and make some healthy changes, but were struggling to do it in their own environments, wherever, wherever that was, um, just a chance to come out into like a fully kind of immersive environment and um, just focus on themselves. Um, so I did the, the fitness coach in there, but it was a little bit more educational as well. So, you know, we used to run workshops on all different aspects of, of health. We do meditation, uh, yoga, uh, you know, kind of hiking up around the country activities, not the country, the, the, the island, sorry. We'd go kayaking, we'd go rock climbing. Um, yeah, so that, that's what I was doing at the time. Sounds good. Um, just, just going back to the Instagram stuff, because you are prime Instagrammable age. Um, was that something you did? Because look, now I'm, I'm going to be very honest here. You are a very, very good looking guy. Um, <laughs> almost better looking than Liam from last week, to be fair, who was a handsome. No, is Liam. Sorry, Rob. Rob's Russ Russ has got my back. Cheers, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think. Body-wise, not that Rob's naked on the screen right now, but body-wise, I think Rob has got the, probably the best body I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a 44-year-old man. I can appreciate other men now. We've got to my age, I can do that, and I'm very happy with that. Um, but with the Instagram stuff, was that you jumping on that, not the bandwagon is the wrong thing, were you trying to be an Instagram celeb, not celebrity is the wrong word, were you trying to be an Instagram star or were you just doing it to promote your business? What was, because you have got a beautiful Instagram account as well. Yeah, no, I wasn't. Uh, I had kind of no intention on being uh, an Instagram celebrity or uh, an influencer or, you know, kind of whatever you want to call it. Um, I'd started to kind of grow a bit of a following, obviously, from, from where I was and the kind of lifestyle I was living. Um, and then where, you know, the, where I worked previously to that, the gym that I was working at, we'd get people from all around the world come in, you know, so I kind of, kind of had grew my, my following there to a, to a certain extent, which is where a lot of the early kind of followers that I've got, I mean, I've got massive following. I've got like six or 7,000, but um, there, there was no intention set out to try and build, try and build a, a massive following. It, it essentially just kind of happened naturally and organically. Listen, you've got more followers than Russell and I put together, mate. So you're, you're, <laughs> because obviously this podcast, this podcast is gaining traction. So slowly, yeah. very slow. <laughs> it would help if we actually put pictures on Instagram for the podcast, and that's something I need to get doing. Anyway, but, but Jess is um, Jess. Obviously, as 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 your beautiful wife has embraced the Instagram influencer because that's how I met her through that from a project I was working on. Um, and okay, so so you don't. That's not something you do. As a, it was just, it just you just grew because of who you are and where you were and what you were doing. Yeah, well, a lot, most of my content was kind of uh, 
fitness based. So it's essentially a way of, of kind of growing or expanding my, um, my network and trying to put some content out that was helpful to people. Um, and then obviously trying also to, as a way of marketing myself um, to, to try and bring in uh, new clients. And particularly when I was, when I set up that, the, the revival escape, which is essentially the business I, I was working on at the time, um, I needed to, to expand and to grow that to, to kind of draw people in because people were coming from from all over the world. So, and you don't do that anymore. That's not something that's on the radar anymore. The the retreat kind of thing. Um, I kind of uh, re uh, we kind of reinvented it with a, a, a friend and colleague of mine, uh, Mark Mariani, that that lives on the island. Uh, so that we we changed the bot the business model up from where it was um, because where it was, I, I ended up, I think uh, a year and a half, 18 months. Um, but it was very, um, it was very kind of uh, consuming of me. It, it, need, it needed a lot of, of energy and time um, and, you know, kind of being the only guy, or not the only guy, but being the, 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 the head of the whole business and trying to manage staff and then trying to market to bring in new clients and then trying to deliver a product and dealing with all the problems and all that sort of stuff. Um, it, it wasn't really a, a sustainable uh, business model um, in, in that sense. So, I mean, it was quite successful. I got a lot of people in. Um, I was busy, you know, I was kind of fully booked, sold out, but it wasn't sustainable for me to continue that, particularly as um, me and Jess have started to develop a relationship and we kind of got engaged at this point and started thinking about you know different things and, and other priorities so um, I essentially got together with a mate of mine Mark who was running a, a separate um, fitness escape um, for a different company and then we essentially uh, put our heads together and merged the two things um, so the, the product uh, and the, the, the business is still live um, but we're, we're, we're running it at Tanyapura um, so it takes away the, the, the necessity for me to have a staff and a, an actual um, villa and facility. So we just kind of um, sub that out to, to Satanicora. So basically the, the package itself really is just is you and Mark and you could transplant that wherever you guys go. You could take that model and place it. Essentially, yeah, yeah, we could take it um, to, to Bali or to the Maldives or, or wherever, really. It's, uh, we spend a lot of time putting the actual product together and the deliverables in terms of what it is and what it creates for the, for the, for the, for the client and, uh, you know, the, the people that come on the escapes in terms of helping them create positive personal change um, in their lives. But, yeah, it can pretty much be run from, from anywhere. What's, so, your favorite, what's, what's your favourite exercise? <laughs> My favourite exercise? Yeah. Um, probably the pull-up. I'll oh, behave. Really? <laughs> nah. Yeah, the pull-up. I like the pull-up. The pull-up's a good one because, yeah, I'm not very good at pull-ups. I do two and I think that's enough. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't beat a pull-up. Great compound movements. You needs a... a pull up. <laughs> <laughs> What's yours, man? What's yours? Mine is called just surviving, just getting up and yeah. washing. And do you, know, do you want to know what Russell's is? Go on. The Bulgarian split squat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone's. <laughs> that's my go-to favorite 
It's actually one of my favorites as well for the, for the lower body. Yeah. Well, What's a Bulgarian split squat? Uh, it just got, it derived from Eastern Europe, one of the Olympic teams uh, who were trying to develop uh, their strength in the, in the squat, decided to, to take it onto a single leg and, and, and remove the back leg to create more of a stability demand. And I think that's where, where it came from. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's a I'm, horrible, horrible exercise. I think one of my favorite exercises is hula hoop. I do like a bit. I hula do, hoop, yeah, yeah. Like it's quite popular on Phuket, especially yeah. in some of the gyms. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, some of the, the Russian ladies like that one. Yeah. <laughs> I like the Got one. A quick question for you. Oh, go on. Um, no, so in terms of your, um, your your fitness retreats, so they're still going and you did the run of the Britannia Pura. Have you got any coming up? I mean, obviously, given what's happening in the world at the minute, I guess a lot of things are obviously on hold. But I mean, as a taking taking the whole COVID nineteen thing out of the equation, do you try and run a certain amount each year, or is it more on a yeah, it's it's kind it's kind of on the back burner at the minute. Obviously, with everything going on, all the hotels yeah. shut down. Um, so myself and Mark have kind of agreed that it's it's probably not going to be until November or, or possibly December, the start of start of the next high season. Um, is probably when we're going to look to to do our uh, our next one. Um, obviously, with everything that's going on, it's not not really worth kind of. Sure. Um, I, it, it, you know, it's going to be interesting times now to see what people's habits are like in terms of wanting to travel, wanting to come halfway around the world, coming to somewhere like Phuket. Um, so, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see how the next kind of few weeks and months uh, pans out. And hopefully it doesn't have too much of, a, of an impact on on tourism and, and, and the island as a whole. Well, this is this brings me on to my, my second point, because you're, you're probably one of the few industries and one of the few people in a set industry that are actually potentially in quite a good space at the moment, if you think about it. Because A, people are stuck at home. So number one, we've all got the time. So if they want to do a little bit of training, we've got the time to do it, we might as well. And your, your process and uh, your tank keeping it simple means that you don't have to have a huge set of weights and bands and God knows what at your house. There's a lot that people can be doing without any equipment that you could help them to do. Number two, Absolutely. I would also argue that with everyone being in lockdown, most people are sitting at home. On, I know I would be doing this if I wasn't doing the program with you. I'd be that time would be spent gorging fucking Hagen Dars and binging Netflix. So everyone's going to come out of this about fourteen stone heavier and think, "Fuck me, I've got to do something now." Hence, yeah. where you come in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely going to be an opportunity there. Um, I, w I would imagine that the majority of people now are probably going to be adding a couple of kilos to, to the old waistline. Um, you know, number one, their activity level is going to drop a lot, yeah. whether they're not working anymore, they're not getting out of the house, they're not doing the, the things that they would have been doing. Um, so there's that aspect, but also, you know, people are in the house, they're bored. Um, there's nothing else to do. You know, that's when people kind of tend to have a look to see what's in the fridge or see what's left in the cupboard and, People's in, you know, at the end of the day, people's enjoyment's now being taken away. There's no entertainment. There's no sports. There's there's nothing going on. They can enjoy. Um, so food's one of the few enjoyments that the people have, have probably got left. So, um, yeah, I do imagine that um, that my kind of uh, you know fitness industry um, in particular might might benefit from that. Um, 
but not just the fitness industry. I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunities that are going to come um, from, from a lot of industries once this all kind of blows over. Um, you know, it, it's pretty dark and gloomy at the minute, particularly for people and businesses that are, are struggling and people are losing their jobs and, and stuff like that. But I'm sure there'll be some opportunities that come out the other side as well. And I think, Rob, on that note, um, you haven't listened to our podcast of positivity that Russell and I did. And I think, that, <laughs> I think one of the things that I want to mention, though, is you're right. People are, there's a, I, I think, though, hold on, let me explain this in the correct way. We mentioned that people are going to put a couple of kilos on, but there's also, there seems to be a lot of people that are getting now training at home. They're doing some, ex and I think there is a positiveness in that. The people are spending, I mean, okay, I don't need to see it on Facebook every five minutes. Thank you very much, everyone. You, can, you don't need to upload it and show me. <laughs> but it's nice to see that people are actually getting active a little bit, doing some squats, doing some different bits and pieces. So there is a positiveness to the, to the being locked down that people, a lot of people are, you know, trying to stay active as much as possible. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and people have got more time on their hands now, right? So it's like, what else am I going to do? Why not try and try and uh, do a little workout, a little home workout? Um, I know there's, a, you know, my, myself, I've been putting some lots of content out to try and get people engaged and to get people thinking about their fitness. And there's a, a whole plethora of, of trainers and coaches out there doing the, the same thing. So the information's there for people. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, you know, on the, on the positive side, I do imagine that it's actually getting some people into fitness because the excuses are gone now. The excuse, or oh, I don't have time, or I've got too much work going on, or I've got to pick the kids up from school, or whatever. You're in the house. Um, those yeah. excuses have been removed. Um, so possibly it's, it's actually a better time for them to, to make a start. Yeah, no, I, sorry, no, sorry, Russ. I, I, I know more about it because I'm currently enrolled in one of your programs, so I know how, how it all works. But just for, for the, the millions of listeners to this particular podcast, um, or at least for um, <laughs> your, your, your current program in terms of how you do things online with your videos and with your app, which is really good. So how, how does that all work? Um, yeah, so like I mentioned, uh, Kiss Fitness or Keep It Simple Fitness is, is kind of what I, um, I developed when I first started coaching and when I first grew that business in London and it's something that I've continued to do. So when I left London, um, like I said, I'd spend a lot of time building up a client base and I was, I was quite popular and in demand. And so I actually transitioned a lot of my clients at the time into online coaching. So when I first moved to, to Thailand, I, you know, one of the biggest things that was kind of stopping me from coming was the fact that all these people were now kind of relying on me for their, for their fitness and, and their health. Um, so I had a, like a kind of sense of guilt about that. So I decided to kind of um, put some work in into developing this online platform that I can continue to support them with even while I was in, in Thailand. So, um, you know, as far back as, as, as uh, end of 2014, I've been doing online coaching. Um, some periods have been, been a little bit busier than others for me, you know, depending on what the kind of uh, projects I've had going on. But over the last kind of probably 18 months to two years, that's been my main, um, my main kind of uh, project that I've been working on and kind of building and, and developing that. And, you know, as you've experienced putting the act together and building out all the programming and creating all the, the video content and, and, and that side of things, um, 
So it's essentially, you know, as you've experienced, it works in a few different ways. What I find people need is number one is, uh, is you know, professional coaching with well sort of programs that are easy to understand and, and follow that don't overwhelm people and, and kind of um, kind of put them off. Uh, secondly is thinking about their, the nutrition and understanding the, the amount and types of foods that they need to be nourishing their body. And then thirdly, it's the, the accountability and the support um, to, to know that somebody's there to support them and to answer any questions or to, to kind of give them that little push or a little kick up the ass that they might not get from their friends or their family or their partner or, or who else uh, or, or just themselves, you know. Uh, and I, I agree with all of that completely and I would actually do it the other way around for me the the accountability and the support and the feedback for me is paramount because without that um, uh, Jay aside we <laughs> would all do some exercise and, if, and like today all right today I wasn't really feeling it but if if I wasn't doing this sort of program if I wasn't invested in the, the, the secrets of what we're doing I would just have given up and walked away from it and then I left it tomorrow and all, all of a sudden, a week has gone by and I've done nothing. Whereas now I'm yeah. invested. I've, I know you're going to be saying, hey, you know, I, I see you missed a workout. What's going on? So there's that constant follow-up, which I think is important for people just to get that little extra push. That, you know, I, I've got to do this. Um, but it's not in a militant way. It's just that, you know, we're supporting you and getting you kind of all through, which I think is, for me, the most important part. Yeah. Yeah, no, the accountability and, and the support is often um, the, the kind of most valuable thing uh, out of the program. Because um, at the end of the day, anybody can, get, anybody can go online and get a program to follow, right? But it's, it's yeah. having that kind of that extra level of, of, of support and, and coaching to kind of make sure that you do it. And I actually, <laughs> if, some, if somebody misses a workout, I actually get personally offended. So yeah. I want to know, know why they missed that workout. <laughs> I take it quite personally. Yeah. <laughs> mess with Rob. He's, uh, he knows what he's doing. He could hurt us. Um, I just like yeah. I am. I'm exercising, Russell. I go for a run every night and I'm doing some, some you know, just some simple stuff outside on my yoga mat. Um, and it's more so, so then when I go and have two beers in the evening when I'm cooking dinner for the kids, I don't feel so guilty. Um, but that's how, you know, at the end of the day, it's... In, I am trying to do a little bit of exercise, but yeah, I mean, I even dug out my old TRX the other day and I thought, oh, I'll hang that up one day and I don't know where it's gone. <laughs> but I did pull it out, so to speak, not, not him, but the TRX. Um, yeah. Rob, can I just ask, uh, if people want to, we will put all your links and stuff in the description of the podcast yeah. when we put it up. Just, just mention it now. How do people find your workout or you or whatever, just quickly? Um, so my Instagram is uh, v.robmorgan. Um, oh, really? You can on there. The only one, the one and only. Um, and then my website is uh, www.kis-fitness.com. So kis-fitness.com, keep it simple fitness. Can I ask a, a couple of other questions? Um, you're, you're obviously into sports and into health and fitness. What sort of sports are you? Because you, you're, you're a Welsh guy and we, we love the Welsh. Um, Russell doesn't, apparently. I do. I'm very passionate. I went on holiday to Pembrokeshire many times. I went to Pembroke Castle many times. So that makes me half oh, Welsh. Nice. Uh, Russell's always said he hated the Welsh and he doesn't eat leeks. 
um, and he has a problem with sheep. And I don't know. That's not I've nothing. I don't know what the issue is. What sport? <laughs> are you into any other sports apart from fitness? Yeah, rugby was uh, rugby was my kind of main sport. Obviously, being a Welshman, it's uh, it's our kind of national sport, and it's one of the you know it's the, the sport that we've probably had more success in over the last kind of 10, 10 to fifteen years. Uh, probably the reason Russell hates uh, the Welsh so much is because we beat them so much in the, in the rugby. I would have thought in recent times. Did you play rugby? Because you do look. I mean, I, the look of you to me looks like obviously either a prop or a second row, just with the height. <laughs> Which, which shows that you know nothing about rugby. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot about rugby. I'm, I'm, I'm actually a bit small for a prop and uh, very small for a second row. I need to be another yeah. foot taller, I think, for that. I played rugby at school. Um, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't the best at rugby, I'll admit. Um, but I did used to enjoy it. And then uh, I played uh, for a little while while I was in the army as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a keen interest, and I love watching I love watching the internationals, uh, you know, the, the the Six Nations and the World Cup, and unfortunately, the Six Nations have just been uh, cut short, or maybe fortunately for Wales because they weren't having a very good tournament. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I love rugby. <laughs> uh, keen football fan as well, although um, not not as. I can't, since moving to Phuket, I've kind of lost a little bit of that just due to the being out of the, you know, kind of British society and, and not having it kind of uh, all over the place and the time difference, not being able to watch a lot, a lot of the games. Yeah, fair enough. Happy days. So, oh, sorry, you going to say something? No, I was, waiting for you to ask, I was waiting for you, Russ, to ask your, your go-to question. So, well, I've got two, I've actually got two, because I think we should, and you're going to like this, Jay. First off is, what, if anything, have you got on your bucket list? Um, so, I don't really have a bucket list per se. Um, I've actually, I think anything that I've ever wanted to do, I've, I've, used, I've kind of gone out there and done it. I've done, I've done quite a lot. Um, but I think the one thing that... Um, I am planning to do, or I would like to do, is to to go and see the uh, the Northern Lights uh, with Jess, and then when uh, when the baby's born, so within the next couple of years, to either get up to uh, Iceland or Finland mm. or one of those countries and do the whole kind of igloo experience and and and, and see the Northern Lights and all that kind of stuff. I've got a feeling Jess is going to love the snow and the cold, and the ice. <laughs> yeah. She strikes me as that type of person. If you follow her Instagram account, you'll know that she's, she's built for the snow and the ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a little bit different because we spend so much, obviously, living in Phuket, right? Hot and yeah, tropical. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of a different, different thing. Um, no, absolutely. Rob, just before Russ asks his second question, um, how is everything going with the pregnancy and stuff? Is everything all right? Everything going well? Pretty good, mate, yeah. Um, we're three weeks out, so the baby's due three weeks tomorrow. Um, and... Luckily, we haven't had any any complications so far. Obviously, it's it's our first baby, so as far as we know, it's been a pretty good uh, pregnancy, apart from the coronavirus and COVID nineteen and everything that's going on. Um, so, pregnancy is going pretty well. Uh, Jess is starting to get a little bit uncomfortable now, and you know, not sleeping very well and that sort of stuff. But in terms of uh, health and, and how the baby's developed, then it's all it's all looking good. Now, and do you know if it's a boy or a girl? It's a girl. Okay. 
You got what? You got names in mind? No, don't tell us. <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, <laughs> we've got a couple. We've got a couple. A little short list. I was trying to get a little Welsh name in there, but yeah, yeah that's, that, that's what I was angling towards. <laughs> <laughs> um, as it's your, just a question because I see I follow uh, Jess. Obviously, she's a, a friend as well as I do check out her Instagram. Not stalking like you did, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Um, she seems to come across. She's a beautiful pregnant lady, and some of the pictures she's been taking are absolutely stunning. However, I've been through two children. I say been through, sounds like not a tour of duty, not like what you've been through, but I went through, I went through two children um, and it was two pregnancies with one crazy wife. So <laughs> is everything all rosy with Jess or were there times where she did go a little bit nuts? Yeah, she's starting to get a little bit more kind of uh, irritable, <laughs> let's say, <laughs> but I think that's, uh, that's, just part, that's just part and parcel of the of the pregnancy, right? And uh, she's been she's been following this app, and it basically says word for word like how you're going to feel and the things that you're going to experience and how your body's going to change and all this stuff. So as soon as she's experiencing something or feeling something, and then you know she can't understand why, and then we'll go into the app and it'll say this day you may feel this way or this is the reason why. So you know there's 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 reasons for it. So you know I understand that. Well, I, uh, on, on, just before I let Russell ask his second question, um, I just want to wish you all the best for it because, mate, I've been through it and it's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant thing. It'll change your life forever. It already has changed your life and it'll just change your life forever. And it is, um, it'll be hard graft for you, mate, but congratulations. And we're looking forward to seeing the little one when she does pop out. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. Which leads me beautifully on to the next question. In terms of everything that's going on at the minute, and as Jay alluded to earlier, we did a, a podcast extra uh, the other day on taking positive themes from what is otherwise a rather morbid and crazy, dire situation at the minute that we all find ourselves in. So if there was one positive element that you could take out of this, what, what would that be? Um, out of the, the coronavirus kind of? Yeah, out of, out of and this whole sort of situation. For myself or for others? Uh, either. What, what, anything that kind of springs to mind? Um, I think, um, firstly, it's, it's the time to, or an opportunity to spend time with your, your family and your loved ones, right? Um, and to actually spend some quality time with them doing things that you usually wouldn't get the chance to do. Um, so we've, we've been pretty much... Um, not that we'd be doing a great deal anyway, because Jess is pregnant, but you know, we're, we're spending pretty much every uh, minute of the day together. And for a lot of families out there, I imagine if, if both parents are working and the kids are away at school, now they're getting an opportunity to spend you know, all day together. They get an opportunity to kind of homeschool the kids and dad hasn't got to go off to work, so he's got a chance to play and, and all this sort of stuff. So um, I guess it's a time to, to, to spend uh, time with your family and actually appreciate uh, the, the quality time that we've now got without having an excuse for not being little able bastards. to. They're little bastards. They get up to work. <laughs> the house is a mess. They go outside, they get muddy, they come back, they're muddy again, they get changed. And, oh, shit, I hate <laughs> yeah, that's a good time to spend time with kids, Rob. Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> Can we keep that little snippet? Right, and we're going to redo this podcast in like a 
six months or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, Rob, you've been an absolute pleasure. It's been really interesting. Look, we, we do wish you all the I didn't, I honestly, I didn't yeah. realise that you're in, in the armed forces. And for that, I actually, from a personal thing, I just want to thank you because I think anyone who's in the armed forces deserves a, a huge respect. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so thank you very much for that. We wish you all the best. Um, a massive with good a, luck and congratulations. Um, and when will you be back in Phuket? Obviously, if the virus wasn't going over, but when do you reckon you'll be back over here? Yeah, good question. Uh, the, the idea was initially that we would, um, as soon as the baby's had her injections and all that sort of stuff and was fit to travel, um, the plan was to go fly from here to Wales, um, spend a month or so in Wales, um, obviously introducing the baby to all my family and, and spending some time there. And then we would be coming back to Phuket in about um, July. Um, but uh, the most important thing now is making sure that it's a safe environment for, for, for us and, and the baby to, to travel. So we may actually end up getting held up here a little bit longer. Um, the borders are actually closed here at the moment. Um, and also I think the borders are closed in Phuket as well, right? So right, yeah. Just going to see how it plays out and uh, hopefully try and get back there sometime in the, in the summer, whether it's July, August, uh, September, perhaps, who knows, but as soon as possible, really. Cool. Cool, man. All right, mate. Well, in the meantime, all the very, very best to, to you and to Jess and to family. Uh, take it easy. We'll obviously be in touch fairly shortly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no, Rest day tomorrow. Thank you. And, and make sure you train Russell a little bit harder because he has been telling me recently that your workouts have been a little bit, I think he used the word, um, it was like a, a little girl, um, wimpy. <laughs> um, he was, you know, it was too easy for him. Um, and all this <laughs> I, Sounds about right. Yeah. He's a glutton for punishment. <laughs> um, thank you very much. We'll finish off here. We're going to take a quick screenshot. So if I can just ask you to smile nicely. He's so handsome. <laughs> uh, so, Rob, look, thank you very much. Love to Jess, love to the bub, um, and I hope everything goes well. And once again, thank you very much for being on our podcast. We really appreciate it. My pleasure, lads. Thanks for having me on, and have an awesome day. Thanks. Take care. I like him a lot. Oh, Rob's awesome. I have never, I've met him, listen, I know Jess, and I know Jess's sister, and I know Jess's dad really well, and, his, and Jess's mum, because I know the family really well. Um, I've never really met, I've met Rob a couple of times in passing, but I like him a lot. What a lovely man. What a lovely, lovely, and I'm not just saying that because he's hopefully he's going to listen to the podcast back again. I will mention, though, <laughs> they did ask me to DJ at their wedding, and they dropped me for a band, so to them um, but no what a lovely man the, the, uh, and honestly the whole army thing I, once again I'm, I'm going to say thank you and clap because, no, I, um, I, I, I knew about that but only very recently I didn't know and I, I, as I said there's a couple of guys like Barry Buck was one on the island that I would always appreciate and say thank you to when I saw him especially on different Remembrance Days there's another one called uh, Callum who is a, he's actually a bodybuilder huge guy uh, he's another one no, I have got a lot. I, I, what a lovely guy. I can see why Jess fell for him now. You know, he, he is, you're right, Liam probably is better looking, but Rob's, he's got a hell of a body on him. He's pretty fit. I'll give him that. <laughs> really fit. 
Do you know yeah. what? It does. When you, you start going, hello, that's not. <laughs> for, those, for those ones who aren't watching, maybe I should make, we should do video podcasts, I think, from now on, because they. There's <laughs> on it, yeah. So, but uh, in, terms of, in terms of what he does, um, and like his online coaching, like, cause I've, I've been doing a program with him for six weeks now, maybe a bit longer. So, um, and it was more, it, it did, every individual is different in terms of what they want from an exercise program. Some people much prefer doing their own thing in their own time, in their own way. Other people need to be in a gym. Other people just need other people there. I, for me, I need either other people around me or someone to, to go through a, a process with. And in the way he does it, it's been very, he'll write out a, a plan. You follow it day by day, step by step. He's always there, was, you know, just, you know, this is what you do, this is how you do it. If, you know, and he's on the ball with being sort of encouraging and engaging about it, which for me, I really like, because I, I kind of need that. Um, no, I think he's, and I think the way he's done it, the app is fantastic. It's really easy to use, very simple. And I think he's cracked something there that otherwise isn't really readily available. Okay, well, we'll put the links in the description. Do, do check him out. Uh, KIS hyphen fitness, wasn't it? I believe. Yeah, KIS fitness.com or the dot Rob Morgan on Instagram. I love that. The. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, I really like him. Like I said, I haven't had that much time conversing with him. Um, I've seen him around a few times and, and it's always been polite and said hello, but what a lovely man. What a lovely man. Yeah. A lovely family and I, I wish them all the best. Uh, right, like us on Facebook, like us on Instagram. <laughs> Not that we've got any. I might do the few pictures. Um, and also make sure you listen to our podcast of positivity that we've decided to do. Um, we're doing one a week. Um, so make sure you listen to that. Um, <laughs> yes, Russell, we're doing one a week of positiveness. Don't worry. There's lots of positiveness to come out of life. We will find some positive. Like even today, Russell, it's very beautiful weather. The sun's shining and my sun-dried tomatoes are perfect. I need fucking rain. I want it to rain. Fuck the sunshine. On that note, uh, Rob Morgan, thank you very much for being uh, <laughs> a guest. Uh, Russell Distance Russell, thank you very much for being a legend of a co-host. Cheers, buddy. Love you. All right, love you more. And I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs>